So, for another week, here we are. Yeah, what an exciting at week, the cabin. Too. All right, let's get going. This is the Value Line Observer with the Value Guys. I'm Val Hughes. So I'd be Vern Value then. Yes, sir. We are 25-year Wall Street veterans who have had to go underground and take on secret years. identities to bring you our own candid views about each week's Value Line Investment Survey. Our bosses would never allow us to air these opinions, so we disguise our voices and they never know about it. Please visit our website and see all dis- our disclosures, www.thevalueguys.com, where you'll learn this is for entertainment purposes only. Uh, Even if it's only ours. Yeah, exactly. We have a lot of conflicts of interest. Everything we say could be completely wrong. Actually, that's our that's our goal. And we have times. yeah, absolutely no liability for it. We might even know it's wrong. We know it's right. wrong. No, you're, but no, the, we're doing uh, our best. No, really. we you know we typically own a lot of these that we talk about. Uh, we've been buying and selling stocks on Wall Street for really, in my case, 25 years. My less experienced colleague. Uh, also has been doing it for some period of time. Sometimes known as younger. Um, and so uh, we uh, we do our best each week Among to pick to pick attributes. the best stocks out of Value Line's weekly investment survey. Mm-hmm. This week we're looking at the November 9th, two thousand seventh edition of the Value Line Investment Survey, and um, you know it's a volatile uh, market out there. Uh, stocks up, stocks down. Nasty a lot of volatility. Week. Um, you know, the fear can be self-fulfilling. The banks are having some problems. Some of these insurance companies, the mortgages are getting beat up. But that means there's a lot of opportunity. I've, you know, there's a lot of retail this week, and there's a lot of fear affecting the retail stocks. I'm some... leading off with one that got whooped right. this week. Well, I've got some. I'm coming back at the back half of the show. I'm going to talk about Circuit City, Talbots, and Family Dollar. Um, but uh, before we get to that, let me introduce my colleague, uh, and uh, co-host, Vern Value. Vern, well, that was take it re- away. That was relatively mild. I want to say we're at Vern's Thank cabin you. again. He's serving me coffee drinks. We're a little late with the show, <laughs> travel problems. But I'm, we've got some a lot of coffee and a lot of coffee adult beverages going uh, with it here. We're trying to keep the spirit of the show. Flavored coffee. This is the same valuable advice we give to our paying clients during the week. But here we're I'm we're a little more drinking. relaxed. Relaxed, however. right? We are. So a bit, uh, it's the weekend, a bit more hobby, relaxed. and uh, anyway, for a lot of ado then because of Vern's cabin fine, uh, fine, fine. hosting. Can, can we get Vern Value? Now. Get on with the show. All right, Coles. Symbol K S S. Large chain of family-oriented department stores in almost all areas of the United States. But relatively concentrated in the upper Midwest, wouldn't it be fair to say? Uh, they had a big expansion into the West Coast a couple of years uh, ago. That's true. I owned a ton of this at a former place. Uh, I mean, stock and was millions. huge at one time, yeah. right? But uh, really, the growth story continues. According to Value Line, they're going to finish this year uh, at 929 stores and are targeting 1,400 by 2012. So it really works out to almost 10% a year increase in the store base. What Cole's tried to do, just if I could jump in, is become get in between Sears and Nordstrom and provide, you know, quality, up, you know, a little bit upscale, but at a good value, not a lot of store money, you know, in the stores, put the value into the clothes, and they went into a new type of strip mall, that you know was convenient for parking and all that, and and it's been well, working. Well, I think they've d- developed a lot of customer or consumer trust. There were it's all working, but the the multiple on the stock I think is what's not working because well, expectations got a little ahead of themselves fine. a couple years. And, and historically, oh my goodness, according to Value Line, the uh, average uh, annual PE 
was at least 20 times for more than 10 years this thing was priced a few years ago like it was going to you know, be the only retailer in <laughs> South America forever or something. I mean, it was 40 unbelievable. 40 and 50 times earnings. Yeah, that was nuts. Crazy. But now, according to Value Line, priced at $56, 14 and a half times earnings. But because they disappointed uh, last week oh, really? on a, in a lousy market with a, um, with a disappointing same-store sales comp, which was down 3.8%, which will give them down a little more than 2.5% in the third quarter because of issues, I think, primarily in California, but maybe secondarily Florida. Well, they grew fast. and uh, The stock uh, under 48 to, retrench bucks. a little. Mm-hmm. So That's under, a good value. Yeah, I mean, this Their is... Their systems uh, are good. This is like 14 times a 350 number, mm-hmm. um, which would be up just slightly from last year. Because you're not um, buying fashion there. You're buying a, uh, a low-cost delivery system of branded and high-quality goods. And well, so and that's, uh, that's going to be valuable. It probably resonates with the uh, consumer only about Returns nine are times. Um, not distressed EBITDA, but certainly not peak performance. Um, so you've got to be careful. According to Value Line, they were going to earn $0.68 cents in the October quarter. I guess they pre-announced 59 to $0.60. Cents. So you're not going to see... 378 for the year. One big question in the short term is whether that's going to be $3 or 350. And so the market's not going to be sure how to value it. So it may stay cheap for a little bit, but I think, you know, with 50% increase in the store base planned over 5 years and the ability to fund that, they are delivering value to consumers that other stores Their aren't. Performance and has been that's going to remain, I think, consistent. With a generally a trend of improving mm-hmm. operating margin over time. So yeah, take a look at it. Uh, take a look at it. KSS, less than 10 times cash flow. Um, also in the uh, category of uh, distressed retailer stocks, because Kohl's, let's see, traded almost $80 earlier this year, right? Recently. Yeah, they're getting Friday, beat a little bit. Friday closed beat up. under 48 A little beat up. Steinmart traded above 17 earlier this year, 18 last year, 26 the year before. Recently, uh, just under $7. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Value Line ranks this a 5. Uh, they lowered their rating in June. It, great call. It already hadn't done well, but it's gotten slaughtered since then. Um, but I think now the uh, crummy outlook, you might be able to argue, is in the stock. And uh, I've got a 3.8% yield that doesn't really appear to be taxing them. Um, on distressed earnings levels this year, it would still only be half of uh, net income paid out as a dividend. Um, you know, giant store growth is not a big piece of the story here. Three to five years, 25% increase. But they're pretty regional. So they have a lot of places they could year. still go. A lot of places they... they can go. Their pre-announcement was that they weren't down 6 to 7% in October, which is what Value Line was predicting, but rather just 3.8%, only going to lose 3 to $0.06 cents in the quarter, not the $0.17 cents Value Line's estimating. Yeah. So the stock's up slightly, I mean, you know, like 4% from where Value Line had it printed here, but there's no debt. 275 million market cap. Um, looks like operating margin is sustainable in a uh, what is that? 60 million range or something like that. So it's about four and a half to five times. EBITDA. I don't know. I mean, yeah, this is cheap. wildly cheap. Um, so I don't know why people hate it so bad. Well, it could be the the Baird case on this, and I didn't study this one this week, but. 
knew it pretty well a number of years ago. Yeah. It's just that they're not big enough to compete. Cost structure, economies of scale won't work for them. The bigger chains like Macy's, a national retailer now, and Kohl's National, a little below, et cetera, that they won't have a cost structure and they'll lose share and it's just a slow, you know, death slow march, value trap. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. maybe. What's their return on capital? Um, under 10% See, right Kohl's now. is 20 so something's wrong with what Steinmart's doing. They can't, and they can't then pass that on well, in they pricing. Sell, it's, this They're going to have to overcharge people. Well, but this is fashion merchandise at uh, off-price retail chain prices. This is... Um, you know, what's perceived to be high-end TJ Maxx apparel, right? Uh, it says target customers are fashion-conscious, value-seeking, 35 Even TJX to does 20% women. returns on capital, my friend. I'm just, I, you know, I've recommended I, I, stocks at 10%, but what that's what could be wrong is they'll just slowly lose share because they can't compete on prices. Just my thought. I, I don't could know. be. I, I don't know. I don't really know. I don't know anything. Check it out. There's a lot of yield here if it's okay and it's just what's temporarily the, what's sick. What's the payout? 3.8%. The payout ratio? 50%. Oh, okay. On, you know, earnings down at $0.45, cents, down from a fifteen two years <clears throat> earlier. Right. That is probably safe. I mean, and, and there's only one, two years in the prior 12 when they've earned less than that. All right. Okay. With, I don't um, know. You know, they've never had sales... As high as they are now, except last year. Plus the name. I mean, I have yeah, issues. It's worth what have you? Certainly. So, I, you know, a Cole's better story than Steinmark. I'm getting yeah, bored with I the show. Maybe. Let's go. You're, it, Steinmark. It's probably because you keep interrupting me. Could be. It could very well could be, Vern. <laughs> okay, so how All much right. time have we used? A lot. No, we're not even to the 10-minute mark. Oh, are we not? No. Uh, that's a, how bored I am. need to have a drink. <laughs> All right, let's have a drink. It's yeah. It's a weird time to be doing the show, ladies and gentlemen. That's all I want to say. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, so my third idea is also a retailer, but automotive. Group One Automotive symbol is GPI. Valuelina also ranks this a five. In fact, they didn't like much in this. They don't uh, like any of my this ideas. Weeks this week. issue. No, there's it's uh, hard to like. two one-rated stocks in the entire issue. A lot of fives, a lot of stocks. The momentum thing doesn't work right now. Everything in here is cyclically about to presumably go into recession. So Um, this stock, not thirty-one forty-four, the value lines showing on their report, but twenty-nine dollars on Friday. Um, That's less than ten times a three-dollar number. Value line was estimating three fifty down from three sixty-eight. So I'm saying it's a doomsday number, and it's less than ten times that number. Look at that chart. You're talking about half of a market going into multiple. The tank. I'm paying um, about a 2% dividend yield that is only absorbing 15% of cash flow. Do these guys compete with AutoZone? Uh, do they? No, no. Oh, no. I don't know this, what they do. No, uh, no, this is... Have uh, you mentioned what they do? No, these Because maybe the listeners are as confused <laughs> as me. I said it was automotive retailing. No, it's well, new AutoZone. cars. Oh, new. So CarMax is their competitor. Uh yeah okay okay right but not uh, but CarMax is specifically used cars and oh, this you is you can buy a new car at CarMax. Well, this is Group One Automotive is a collection of traditional auto auto dealers, dealers. Yeah. okay maybe okay. make that more clear I don't know well, did you I say that okay. you're drawing it out you're doing a great job of being thank a you. co-host <laughs> thank you really <laughs> am I <laughs> here's a toast thank to Val much. he rescued hey, the wait show a minute. is that Woo-hoo! hey is that sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know right. what you're talking about. I don't about. know either. Wow. Go on. And you just think, folks, if you're listening to this, 
as soon as it's available. You must be a fan because you're otherwise the, you're among the first probably. to hear this historic moment in podcast history. Um, let's see, where you was lost I? Lost your place completely. Uh, yeah, they, 140 franchises in states across the southern, northeastern, and western U.S. So two out of three, <laughs> two out of three is not bad. Okay. So I've got a reasonable mix there. Can I ask a question? Do they yeah, do some absolutely. of the uh, brands that are actually gaining share? They uh, uh, or do they just have <coughs> their focus brand, is on you know, acquisition of imported and luxury brands? Okay, okay, All right. outside of Texas and Oklahoma, which must be where they started. Okay, okay, those That's brands made up seventy-five percent of their new vehicle sales ah. in the third quarter. Up 500 basis points. Major shift in mix well, here. people are going to buy cars. ignoring it in the valuation. Maybe I got not a two for a year or two. dollar enterprise value, about nine times EBITDA in a low-margin business. That's a little too um, much to pay right now. Mix shift is only going to get better. Um, they're going to do $300 million in acquisitions in the second half of the year. It's only six to eight times cash flow. It's about eight times earnings and has a lot of history trading. Uh, yeah, I mean, always at a discount, but... You know, uh, 10 to 12, 13 times earnings. Do they have much leverage? Because they could really... 43% debt to cap. They and only have $59 million in annual uncapitalized leases. And who, they probably borrow that from the manufacturers, right? I don't know. You don't know. I know who American knows? Century owns 7.5%, Barclays Global almost 11%. I mean, the banks aren't going to come in and take the Goldman company. Goldman Sachs. I mean, these are all, there's four giant shareholders here. All right. I don't know why in Maybe the world they, they would. Um, of course. This looks really good. And so, let's, it, I mean, okay, it's cheap and you don't think it's going to get a lot cheaper. But uh, if you're worried about the consumer, I had this idea of um, using it long against a short in AutoNation. Wow. Uh, one of the things I like about Group One Automotive is, they're showing more buyers than sellers in the last 12 months, including mm. one in the last month as a buyer there. This is insider activity. AutoNation's got a little bit of buying, lots of selling over the last mm. 12. Uh, it's a little more expensive on a P.E. basis, about the same on enterprise value basis. Value line projecting a little bit slower growth. And uh, California and Florida's half of their new car business. <coughs> so their numbers are going to deteriorate. In a big way. So to be valued exactly the same at Group 1 as Group 1, I don't think is right. Group 1 probably deserves a premium right now. So while I'm, you know, maybe I have to acknowledge there's a little risk to a consumer retailer. Well, does AutoNation do a lot of used cars versus Uh, new? Or are they the same? I don't same? know. I don't okay. know. I don't as know. always, as always, folks, you have to do some of your own work well, here. You don't always well. have to. No, you could just you know yeah. immediately just get catch on the your phone eye. with your broker. And sure, I wouldn't do that. Just no. go online and don't do that. No, I certainly we're not read, encouraging read any something. Activity. This is and just meant to be entertaining. Entertaining. Okay. Okay. So that's my third idea is Group One, GPI. You could short AN against it. I wouldn't if you do that. To hedge it. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Vern's shorts don't always work out. Huh? How about that beer well, of course one? The, and your that longs beer, don't what was it, either. Sam's? But longs, you have limited downside, unlimited upside. Shorts, you have the reverse. Limited upside, so unlimited downside. Unfathomable Yeah, downside. I just be careful on that, okay. I'm going to turn it over now to, uh, that's my. That's all I got. Is that all week. you have? That's Are we going to do a beverage week, break? Bro. Can we do a beverage break? Yeah, yeah that's Here. what we have been advised to do. Are you enjoying your coffee? Mm. How could I not be? All those colored liquids you keep pouring in, into my coffee. 
Well, let me, All right. Let me turn it over to uh, yes, my co-host and partner in the spirit that of the uh, introduction you made earlier. Oh, I'm being touched. Values. Thank you. Thank you very much. Get it? Um, thank you, Vern. That's touching. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, let me get right into it. Wake up. This is going to be the good part of Val's the show gonna now. Val's going to talk now. <laughs> and I've got three ideas, and I'm going to get to them fast, okay? Because I don't have a lot of time. I got to get going somewhere right now. Uh, the first idea I have is uh, page seventeen twenty-five, Circuit City. They did a lot Where of retailers. To page numbers. I always do. I'm trying to help the listener. I'm listener centric. <laughs> Can I okay? look at my page numbers? I don't. Then? I don't have all this information. Can I have the cover? Hold page? on here. There you go. Thank you. I think if people are going to listen go ahead. and go along, they want to know the page. Sorry, I interrupted. I just okay. Listen, Circuit City. A lot of retailers this week. Uh, the market's been very volatile because of the credit fear. Uh, we had a little bit of liquidity problem. We have a pretty big problem. I've worked the numbers. I, you know, who knows? But I think the worst case scenario here is um, not as bad as people fear. And there's some interesting stock ideas. But everyone else is getting cratered, and recession. Our words are around, and so the retail group has been killed as if there's not going to be any retail activity, and as if. Christmas isn't coming, okay? But Christmas always comes, ladies and gentlemen. And traditionally, if you can buy a retailer cheap in the fall because someone's predicting a bad Christmas, I'll just tell you, a lot of years in the business, that's usually a good Christmas. And if people are saying great Christmas, probably not as good of a Christmas. You know, one of the no one ever gets this right. One that's of the my point. I didn't talk about is these lousy October numbers were apparently the second month in a row where we had generally what's considered mild weather weather it which was seems to have postponed the uh, ramp up for sort of fall winter coat buying it's et always a problem and they always think uh, they think november is going to benefit from some pent-up uh, yeah. demand like that so the next data point's likely to be very good yeah, that's my that would be what i would say i think you just have to look at these stock values when they're cheap you know don't believe the pundits just look at the long-term numbers long-term ability to generate returns on capital uh... in this case i'm going to talk about something that has none of those attributes actually circuit city <laughs> cc now this company's been beat up but it was uh, by eloquent, Best Buy. Wasn't it? I have friends. I have a, actually a, an old good friend at Best Buy, uh, and they're they're kicking the pants off Circuit City in terms of efficiencies, returns on capital, returns to the shareholder. In fact, Circuit City's stock price right now looks like you know a diving board uh, situation. They were trading at thirty one dollars last year. They're at seven right now. Eight. Okay. Uh, they don't make a lot of money. They're not losing money, but returns on capital, the sort of thing that I would traditionally be you know gravitate to they they don't make any money really at all um they have a gross margin in the low 20s which you know in the big box business i like a lower gross margin it means you're passing on a value to your customer high gross margins tend to lose in that environment because you're overcharging people so 23 is good for example walmart's probably a 20 18 20 um but they're not bringing it down to the operating line and that tells me they're just Terrible operators, and Best Buy is just kicking their ass, if I can say that, you know, here, boop. So what do I like about them? They're at 8 bucks sales per share. They're at 8 bucks per share. Sales per share, $82. That's 10% of sales. And so anyone who 
just reads Forbes enough or Fortune or even Reader's Digest in this case is going to figure out what to do to make the margins go up. I mean, just get some smarter people in there that know what to do. Maybe get some people that used to work at Best Buy because the low quartile at Best Buy who's fired for performance could probably get over here to Circuit City, get a raise, maybe not, but in any case have a job and improve Circuit City. So I'm attracted to the thought that somebody's going to want this $82 a share in sales. They're not losing money, and, you know, they don't have any debt. They're 3% debt to cap, so as bad as they are, they're not going out of business, even though you hear about their demise. They're not being demised. They've got no debt. They've got $4 a share in cash, so even someone there smart enough to know they're bad enough to need a lot of cash because they're not doing well on the operating line. It's 8 bucks, $4 a share in cash, and here's the other thing I like. Wind at their back. The stuff they sell is gaining share of GDP every year. These are numbers I've looked at going back 50 years. Honest to God, think of the transistor radio, the phonograph, the touchtone phone, uh, the microwave oven, blah, 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 podcasting, etc., big screen TVs, etc. They're selling the stuff people are willing to spend more and more on. We're a wealthy society, and they're generating a lot of sales. So, um, that's the best thing I can say about them. I wouldn't buy them on a PE basis or enterprise value to E, but it's more just on what they could be in the hands of better operators. Who knows? Maybe the shareholders will, you know, rise up or something. Uh, Paul Tudor Jones owns six percent. You know, he gets press. Fidelity owns twelve percent. I just think that they're going to end up having to take the steps to fix this. They generate a ton of sales. They're paying you a little bit of a yield. And, you know, this thing is the kind of thing that could be a 20 in three years in the right hands. Who could buy it? Home Depot, uh, Sears, you know, people that want a specialized business that already have distribution knowledge could help this stock. And uh, I'm willing to take a, a bet on that right now without much downside. Circuit City, CC, pay seventeen twenty. Who Lazy Boy now? I don't know. I think it's uh, they could, they, it's, you public. Could, you L- some... it's public. It's public. L A Z. I know it was, but I thought somebody bought it. No. Oh, recently? Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it came back out again. Oh, okay. Is it in this week's issue? Or they don't? Are not uh, doing the furniture guys this week? Mm-mm. Okay. Here's another stock idea. Old line franchise under pressure because you know they're not getting it right uh, right now. Um, Talbots ticker T L B, page seventeen sixty. Um, now Talbots. Hmm. Kohl's is on sixteen eighty six. Oh, very good. Steinmart sixteen ninety three. Oh, very good. And Group One sixteen seventy four. I hope. Oh, you, good. I Jot that down, and, everyone. I can come back and read them to you again later in uh-huh. the show if you'd like. Yeah, very good. I'm editing this out, Vern. Don't worry about it. All right, Talbots TLB. Now, what do I like about Talbots? Talbots, first of all, has roots in sort of the Massachusetts area. Uh, and, uh, you know, a little town. Uh, That's what young people look for, a retailer Hingham, with roots. Hingham, Massachusetts. I've been there. It's very quaint, New Englandy. So they have these roots as sort of a purveyor, uh, opinion leader in this sort of, you know, New Englandy type of fashion. Fox hunt the, kind yeah, of well, snobby country you know, club. I mean, calm down, Geeky. everybody. No, I'm not going to go that way. Mm. I'd say classic and tailored and good for business, good for upscale casual. It's a solid look. They don't get whipped around by fashion, although on the edges they do a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so they're getting it a little bit wrong in fashion right now. But they also built up over many, many years a catalog business, direct marketing. And what that means is they have a lot of science about customers, 
demographics, psychographics, uh, certainly uh, geographic information to allow them to figure out where to put stores, where not to put stores. Yeah, they probably don't make big mistakes very Right, they don't. And they haven't really, you know, blown out the store base. Uh, actually, be, let me see if they have the store yeah, count here. Isn't that the problem? They kind of overexpanded? And... Uh, well, they have, they have 1,400 stores, so that may be a lot uh, for them. But I think that's several brands. Um, Let's see. They have 540 Talbot stores, 20 in Canada, 290 Talbot's Petites, 40 Talbot's Accessories, 70 Talbot's Kids. Um, so I don't know where all these other stores are. They did do something that's really hurting the business right now in a short-term sense, hurting margins. They bought J. Jill. Now, J. Jill had its roots as a catalog company. Uh, the former CEO, actually, of Bloomingdale's ran J. Jill for many years, built a great business there in direct marketing and had the right fashion. Uh, they didn't, you know, their finances were always troubled, and that's why, you know, they were put up for sale. They had some fashion problems. Anyway, uh, Talbot's ended up buying them last year, took on a big expense. They're having margin pressure. Uh, but right now, you know, Talbot's is at $15, cash flow per share, you know, back in 2002 was $3. That was with $27 a share in sales. Now they're at $46 a share in sales. And Value Line's just predicting 275 in gross cash flow next year. That's due to a lot of inefficiencies that they're about to fix through the combination of J. Jill, which was a direct marketer with stores, and Talbot's, which is already a direct marketer with stores. So you're going to get a lot of synergy. You may not need that extra distribution center. You may not need, you know, stores with you know, double management teams in a region. Yeah, blah, they blah, have blah. nice, very safe, middle-of-the-road fashions and accessible prices. Well, and the so. demographics of America, you know, the fastest-growing areas with money are, uh, you know, older uh, categories, and that's what they can cater yeah, they're to. Not, they're not going out of style. Uh, their returns on capital have fallen, but I'm going to suggest to you that that's going to be turned around with the synergy with J. Jill, and they're paying a 4% yield, which I think is sustainable. Value Line hates them. But, you know, this is 30% of sales. Here's what I'm going to suggest. The market's misperceiving some of the declines in margin as systemic, and I'm suggesting that uh, that, that isn't the case, that they're creating synergies with this acquisition. The street doesn't see. They've got science in the direct marketing business that the street doesn't see, and that's all going to come to fruition over the next two to three years. So I would be owning Talbots here, TLB page 1760. I don't have any of that science in my retail. No, you don't. That's okay. Well, By the Kohl's way, should we go no, through the page numbers again? No, I, we're fine on okay. that. I'm editing all, uh, all your page numbers. <laughs> well, how much time do we have? I have oh, one more idea. Uh, Are we okay? Oh, absolutely. We all have right. three minutes. Okay. Family Dollar, FDO, page 1684. <laughs> the thesis on Family Dollar is, uh, I'll just say, quest for value by consumers. And they've managed to be generating... Well, quest for... Hey, listen. Quest. It's an economic turn. What it means is consumers... So you telling me the consumer listen, gets to family... I've got three minutes. Three minutes. Gets to family dollar and uh, goes... Okay, joke it up, buddy. Listen, this is economics. You're either looking for the best value for a given quality or the best quality at a given price. It's the, que it's the quest for value that drives economics. In all, so anyway, let me get back to it. They are generating 
a 20% return on capital in a market where they're meeting Walmart's price in about 20, 30, 50 key items, but they manage a 35% gross margin in a world where Walmart's getting 20, 25. They have smaller stores in Walmart, 10,000 square feet versus 40,000, so they sell convenience a little bit, and they can put these stores where Walmart's aren't and give good value for sort of the mainline consumer basics and, you know, charge up a little bit for the things that you might tend to find in a Walgreens and be over price there. So they found a little niche, 18% debt to capital, great balance sheet. Uh, you know, their competitor and almost exact lookalike, Dollar General, got bought out at a price that would put this thing, I think, around 40. Now, credit's a little easier now or harder now, so that's not happening overnight. But also, Dollar General was not bought out at a giant premium either. It was a fair price. So this thing is worth $40, $50. They're going to continue to gain share because they're generating um, good returns and yet giving the consumer a good value. I'm not going to go into all the details except that this is the kind of business Aww. where they're big. Well, here, they're a big CapEx project right now, okay, putting refrigerators in the stores. That's their big genius, uh, you know, in the back room. Hey, what should we do? Uh, well, let's get refrigerators. Now, it's driving more visits. That's raising the uh, sales per visit. And, you know, right, but right now they're spending money for some of this stuff. They are, uh, you know, they, they, they don't have, they need to improve the store technology. <laughs> well, we could get cold stuff in the they, store. No, they've slowed. <laughs> Listen, in there, some of their regions in the South, Katrina affected them. They had problems. And so they've slowed their growth a little bit down there. Uh, they continue to buy shares back. They're very shareholder, you know, focused. And uh, I think that's apt to continue for a long time. You know, they just are having a little bit of a slowdown in what was a growth rate that everyone thought was too fast. That's another reason the stock's down. They're re-guiding the street to slower growth. But frankly, ladies and gentlemen, they have no idea. You know, if two years from now their stores are gaining share, they're going to redo the store growth. I'm just going to suggest they're creating value. They're doing it at good returns to shareholders. You can buy it cheap right now. Cash flow per share, 3 bucks. Stock at 25 that's a good value in my book, Family Dollar FDO. Cash flow at six bucks, stock at forty-eight. Coles, eight times. That's my favorite. That your favorite? Idea. Yeah. My favorite idea this KSS. week. KSS. My favorite idea this week, not for the meek, okay, but not it's Circuit City. Circuit City CC. Just because it's ten percent of sales, I think get bought out. Uh, or work something out, I think this Somebody stock could be 20, 25. Absolutely. So, uh, listen, thanks for listening, everybody. This has been The Value Guys uh, on November 9th, 2007. Check out our website, www.thevalueguys.com, and we'll see you next week. Next week, folks.